Hello, this is your host, Donna Barr, and welcome to A Bazillion Ghost Stories. Does anybody really know a bazillion ghost stories? But then again, aren't all stories set in the past ghost stories? I was just remembering somebody trying to fake me out once. There were very few army teletype operators. And because of that, uh, I may be the only army teletype operator you ever meet in your life. Now, I put things on Facebook, and everybody up here reads Facebook, and I guess a guy who wanted to be friends, he runs up to me and said he was a marine teletype operator. And I was like, cool. And then he gave me his MOS, military occupational specialty number, and I think that's what it meant. Uh, And it was the same as the army occupational number. And it was like, no, you weren't. What I should have asked him was if he knew what teletype arm was. A teletype is huge, an army teletype, and it's got all kinds of gears down in there. And sometimes one at the very bottom kind of gets stuck. And that's an easy pull out. You pull it out with your hand. The problem is what you do and what we were told to do uh, at teletype school was to turn off the machine unplug it, and then you could weave your arm down inside all those gears and move that gear. No problem. Then you take your arm very carefully, like taking a baby out of a human womb, you know, we're functionally extinct, and you take that arm out, and then you can plug it back in, and you can turn on the power. Now, if you don't do this, and that thing gets an electrical spark, or it moves, your instinct is to yank your arm out. And you can just literally strip all the meat off your arm. And at that point, they just have to amputate at the elbow because you got no muscles left. And I know what teletype arm is. And I should have asked him this. However, I have a sneaky feeling, since they cheap out on everything else, like a submersible, uh... The Marines probably didn't get told this. And oh, by the way, Dan says, I got to go get another story about uh, what happens um, when a uh, submarine implodes. So I'll add this to this too. But I doubt this guy was actually a teletype operator, unless he's a Marine teletype operator. If I'd asked him that, but he wasn't because he had the MOS number wrong. We don't have the same numbers. And So we know who we are. There was a handful of us because there's a handful of stations. We had very small classes. And uh, because of this, I'm one of probably the only person you'll ever find or meet or talk to who's ever worked on the Enigma machine. Okay, this is is why it's good to have 70-year-olds in a room. Uh, Dan's 75, I'm almost 72, and uh, we remember things, and we have lots of information. Sometimes when I'm listening to some of the younger podcasters, they got a whole bunch of good information, but they don't know stuff we know. And so Dan uh, said about uh, an implosion was in the 1930s in Kiel in Germany when they were working with the U-boats. There was a freezer, and in the freezer was a bucket... And you had to go look in the bucket, and if you didn't look at the bucket, and you either got sick or you said, I ain't going to have anything to do with this, 
uh, they threw you out of the submarine program because in that bucket was the remains of a guy who was pulled out of an imploded submarine. They've always known this can happen, and if you just go down in a submarine and it drifts below the level that it can take, you're just going to be mushed. Listening to another podcast talking about Friday the 13th and how at one time Friday the 13th might have been a celebration of women and of course was stolen and denied. But, uh, you know, as far as Friday 13th goes, uh, I don't have a fear of Friday the 13th and you probably don't and my husband doesn't. But did you ever notice on Friday the 13th you just get that little... You know, on the 14th, on the 12th, you go, you know, tomorrow's Friday the 13th, so you try not to drive, and you watch out what you're doing. It's instinctive. So we need to add back to Friday the 13th that it was celebrating uh, women's cycles through the year, and it was actually sacred. And, of course, Friday is sacred to Freya, uh, the Norse goddess, and uh, she is fertility and love and beauty and all the rest. She's kind of like the Aphrodite um, but she's much nicer. And so maybe we should celebrate Friday the 13th as Freya's Day and celebrating women instead of celebrating fear and hatred. Um, and you know who steals what we have to be scared of it? And I should mention that is on the podcast, This Is Why We Drink, and I highly recommend it. Speaking of days which might be considered holidays and uh, political holidays and seasonal holidays, we have the 4th of July coming up. And that's always fun and there's fireworks all over the place. And they're starting to shoot them up off here. And of course, uh, I was immediately worried that our poor old cat Kiki would be frightened. But then I remembered that Kiki has passed on. And it uh, reminds me of our other cats and their attitudes. We had a cat called Zyda. It was our first, cat, well, our second cat together. Um, the first one was Daria. And Zyda was not only not afraid of fireworks, but in our apartment in Bremerton, uh, it was just a little basement apartment, she would run out into the yard when the fireworks were going off and she'd stare up at the sky and she'd crane her neck every which way they were going to listen to them and watch them. And you could practically hear this cat going, ooh, ah, fireworks. And we had another cat in Bremerton that didn't care one way or the other. Her name was Belle. And she had been in a huge firestorm of a thunderstorm. Uh, just I ran outside and I thought, oh my God, poor little Belle's outside. And the rain was slashing down and the thunderstorm was just rolling. And here she is sitting on the back porch with her head kind of tipped like she was thinking to herself. And she didn't even notice what was going on. I picked her up. I said, come in here, you fool. And she's like, what? What's going on? So sometimes you have animals that are afraid of fireworks, and sometimes you have those that love them, and sometimes you have those that just don't give a damn. I was talking about how uh, older folks know a lot more things. I mean, that's just normal. If you've been around for seven decades, you're going to know a lot more stuff and seen a lot more stuff. Um, but oddly enough, kids seem to get me more than my same generation does, especially when it comes to things like working with podcasts or publishing or print-on-demand or whatever. You go to these shows, and the kids are not paying any 
attention at all to traditional publishing. They're not paying attention to traditional anything, um, newspapers, you name it. So while the oldsters are seem to be refusing to learn, they want to keep things the way they are, uh, the kids are just trotting along. And when I look at the kids, I don't have to tell them to do all the things I've told people for years today. They're doing them. Um, I suppose they've discovered it. I, I can't claim that I have taught them because this stuff has just been coming up and they just took a hold of it. They don't have those prejudices of, well, we didn't used to do it like that. And people talking about, oh, art supplies, if kids don't use them, you know, then they'll go away. Look, somebody's always making this stuff. Mexico continues to make parts for VW Bugs. Um, there's several ki kinds of cars that like the VW Bug and the Model T and believe it or not, the Saturn, where it, there's countries that continue to make the parts and you just keep punching them back in. There's always going to be art supplies. Um, the old press type that seems to be gone, but I bet somebody's still making it. There's a hobby somewhere. Some hobby shop carries it. There's always something for you because somebody is still making it because there is still someone who's demanding it. They're still making spinning wheels. So there's there's always going to be something that can be made or got, and uh, you know people still grind their own pigments or they make it out of coffee. They've all got their little hobbies that they put together. Uh, Carla Speed McNeil is right now on Facebook having a hell of a lot of fun posting about making doll houses with a little kitty-headed doll. So go see what she's up to. It's adorable. And she's having fun doing that. It's like I do with the podcast. The only art I do anymore is for the podcast or to make people birthday cards or something. Uh, there's a point where you've done bajillions of pages of things. And you put on plays. Or you've done this. Or you've done that. And it's like, okay, I'm bored. I want to go someplace else. Because a lot of us are Leos. Once we catch the prey and we've got it down and we've eaten it, it's like, okay, been there, done that. What else can I do? So uh, this is this is why it's important to go to like SquatchCon PA uh, or the Bremerton Zine Fest, and you can find information for them on the internet. No problem, just look up the names. And uh, Short Run and these kind of places, um, they're they're not falling apart because they can't find what they have or what they want to do. They get it done. They figure it out. There's they talk to each other. They deal with everything. I've had kids come running up to me, and all he did was look at one or two of my books. This one girl was just so blinking excited over my stuff. Um, I mean, she's she's an amazing costumer. She does photography. She does everything. But she just adored what I did, and I adored what she did. And here we are, like a couple of kids, going, "Ooh, ah, look at the goodies!" And um. And by the way, the kids absolutely adore older people's stories. And I tell them, go find old people. They've got story upon story upon story. Like I said, I was sitting at a show once and just telling silly stories and having somebody laughing their butts off. And a kid next to me just turned around and said, ooh, I want to have my table next to yours again because you got all the good stories. And he will when he's 70. I says, go talk to these old people. They got all the stories. They got all the backgrounds. Don't let this stuff go missing. They've got the inside scoop on everything. Many times they were there. And they can say, oh, yeah, I can tell you the true story on that one. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to come to these shows that are full of kids. They're not going to sneer at you. They're not going to despise what you do. They love all the art, and they love everything. And they're not going to run out of the materials. There's always going to be something going. If I'm still driving a Saturn that was made in 2002 and I can always get parts for it, you're always going to be able to find art supplies. So just keep being an artist and a writer, and uh, 
laugh your butt off because AI right now is done, which I kind of had a feeling it was going to do because these are computers. AI is now beginning to steal its own stuff. So it's, uh, it's become incestuous. AI is stealing from AI. <laughs> And I'm waiting for the day when it all comes down to one image. <laughs> what do you do? It's going to happen. It's hilarious. Um, machinery. Uh, I don't. I don't have a Terminator view of a future or science or any of this stuff. I have a Douglas Adams view uh, and uh, Neil Gaiman because let's face it, the world is funny and uh, we, we're not important and we don't quote belong here. Hell, nothing belongs here. It just happens. So uh, keep your sense of humor and go to the show with the kids and enjoy all the wild and crazy stuff they're doing. And, um, I mean, you don't even have to do anything anymore. They got all the structures going, and uh, you can just go out and have a cup of coffee with them or just sit back and watch the fun walk by. Uh, I'm going to short run. I'm not going to have a table because unless you've got a new project uh, that you can put on the table, um, they don't have space enough to get everybody. So I'm doing podcasts. So I'm just going to go over uh, and bother podcasters and look at the art that's being put on podcasts because now I guess I'm a podcaster. I know I have one local fan, but I think that's because I'm bringing out all the crap that was done to people up here. Oh, hell, I can, I'll tell this story before I forget it. There was one um, older, lovely woman as a well-respected couple, but I guess at one point when she was doing quilts and she does gorgeous or she did gorgeous quilts, because I think she has passed on. Uh, the local used-to-be cheerleader sneered at her and drove her out of the community. Just, just remember this, people. If the bullies hate you, they're afraid of you, they are cowards, you are better than they are. You do better than they do. And if those bullies grow up and begin to do good things to the community, support them. But have them to tell their kids not to drive other people into corners because they're jealous of what those people do. Last week I was talking about um, looking into the Jack the Ripper murders and uh, taking a look at the pimps. And uh, I only posted that because it was about the pimps, period, and not about whether I wanted to argue with who might have been the actual serial killer. Um, it was just a suggestion that if if the cops have not looked at that, if the Scotland Yard has not looked at that, they need to look at it. It's just a suggestion. I am not trying to argue with anybody about who it might be. That's all I was doing. Uh, but I do want to talk about a certain kind of abuse that's blamed as a excuse for serial killers. Uh, the problem with guys serial killers is they also combine rape. And there's plenty of people who have been abused constantly and they don't go out and become serial killers. And I doubt their moms were raping them. So this whole nonsense about, oh, their mom made them like that. I had a rotten mother. I had a rotten, you know, I had rotten family problems. Well, I wouldn't call mom rotten. She just didn't think much of me. And some of these guys are so full of themselves. Look, I've seen this. If they don't get full attention as a boy, uh, sometimes that's all it takes. He ain't getting all the attention. He doesn't get held up as all the importance. Yes, there's physical abuse and sometimes there's rape. But this whole business about, Mom, make me go out and rape women because... Yeah, I couldn't get them. I hated my mom, and that's why I'm raping women. No, you just wanted to stick your dick in, people. Shut the fuck up. Remember there was a television show once. It was really great. 
um, there was this guy that tracked down this serial killer, and this serial killer was, you know, one of the kind that had excuses. And the guy says, oh, don't give me your stupid excuse that you had to go out and kill people because your daddy wouldn't hug you. Lots of people are abused. These are just mean, stupid, bad seed. There's no reason for acting like that. Hey, people in the concentration camps, 90.9999% of those people didn't go out and do this shit. Okay? Um, just because your daddy got took to the German army and you had to stay home and eat horse flesh, that isn't why you were killing little girls and eating them in the 70s or whenever that was. It's a, this is why we're doing episode or a morbid episode. I forget. But there's always this excuse that my mom did this and my dad was taken away or blah, blah, blah. You're just born bullies and you want to do this shit and we're tired of your whining and your excuses. You did it because you're an asshole. And you want to fuck people. And that's it. There is no other excuse. Shut the fuck up and get your shit together and stop trying to make excuses. You look like a fool. There's something else that's going on right now. Uh, I won't even go into why people are laughing at the submersible crunch. It's basically, well, because, you know, wealthier, the people who want to be wealthy, they tend to do things on the cheap. They don't want to pay their taxes. Infrastructure goes down. People lose their families. They build them, lose them because of bad health care, everything else. These people tear societies apart just so they can buy yachts and shit. So, um, like I, like I told people, look, the reason people are laughing at the submersible is there's the loved ones of the, uh, People who had loved ones on the Lusitania laughing at the U-boats. So I'm going to go into something else. The Atlantic foolishly published an article about the orcas that have decided to knock down yachts and or fishing boats. I don't know how many different things they're getting. And I think it's probably spreading through the orca society. Um, and, I, and the Atlantic was like, oh, these animals are not our friends. And it's like, honey, these are tribal people in their tribal lands and they see you stealing their food and starving them to death this is just more alien invader shit and so don't sit there and make excuses for it and say these animals are bad they gotta go uh you know you might and next thing you know you'll be offering killer whale scalps or some shit like you did with all the you know quote well, not native, but indigenous Americans. They're indigenous. They're not native. Natives are the animals. Um, you know, the indigenous are like starlings. Uh, I mean, they got a place here, uh, but they are not the native animals. And the native animals have been here for thousands, millions of years. And the, uh, the orca are the natives. And the alien invaders are mad because they don't get to fuck with the native food anymore. You don't need that food. You raise your own food. You bring it with you. Go get a freaking candy bar. Quit taking these animals' food away from them. This is their food. This is what they live with. They can't go to the supermarket. They can't go get a latte. I don't even know if a killer whale would like a latte. Although an awful lot of creatures like uh, caffeine and alcohol... Uh, no, for God's sakes, can you see him dumping in, uh, champagne in there to settle the, the... Oh, hell, I just realized. I don't even want to suggest that because that's what they did to the indigenous. They gave them alcohol to make them think that their bad life wasn't so bad. Um, oh, Jesus, you watch. Some moron's going to start pouring champagne off the boats. Uh, it's physically possible, and I thought it up, and it, and it can be done. So some idiot's going to try it, uh, and then that's going to go wrong. Um Basically, if a human can think of a stupid thing to do, we'll do it.
Here's a last note on 13. Evidently, uh, the number of Loki is 13, and he's got horns, and Maleficent has horns, and uh, both of them have become quite the heroes, especially the girls. Uh, we're dark. Um, we like the idea of uh, the horny, <laughs> horny, not horny, but horned, scary person. Those are weapons. Those aren't penises. Uh, regardless, um, guys always get that mixed up. They think that uh, guns are toys and they're, uh, the pricks are weapons. They always get that backwards. But you have the horns, which are, um, I sh could say, the mark of the beast, the mark of these strong, dark forces. And uh, women are not pink and pretty. We have to deal with uh, horrendous, bloody, painful things. And, oh, by the way, I found out on, uh, there's a doctor on TikTok. And, I mean, this is where you find it all, biology, doctors, everything else, actual people. And uh, the absolutely ghastly um, menstrual cramps they're finding might be due to a bacteria, which uh, got a hold of uh, humans a long time ago. And evidently it does it to mice, too. And uh, if you just get the right antibiotics, that's the end of the menstrual cramps. You don't have to be burning your gut out with a heat pad. He also showed some photos of what happens when that happens. Uh, some of those can be quite scary. Uh, but it could be due to that. So um, women, are, women are dark because we deal with pain and blood and the realization that we're going to die. And... Uh, that, that's why Titanic as a movie kind of put women back on their feet because here's these young girls surviving the, the terrifying um, crash of the iceberg and the ship and the death of the ship and going down. And boys always think this is about her choosing a poor guy over a rich guy. And it's not. It's about her getting in contact with her animus, and her animus becomes part of her and drives her life forever. Um, he sacrifices himself for her, and he sends her out into her life. And they get that wrong, but Titanic is like the mysteries of Demitar. It is the whole of the mysteries of Demitar. Carla Speed McNeil swears she's going to do a, an entire comic book someday on the long... Um, essay I wrote on this after Dan and I had watched Titanic five times and gone and had pizzas and talked about it afterwards. And it uh, turns out that's what Cameron was doing. He was kind of giving something to, uh, to women, the strength that women don't have to fear and they don't have to go with the abusive rich guy. They can go with the guy who is nice and uh, he doesn't sacrifice himself as a human. He is her animus. He is the part of her spirit that is male because we all are we're all two-spirited and this nonsense you know splitting them up is what the patriarchy wanted to do none of us is just one thing we're all these things and let me tell you something when you get old enough and your hormones start to shift um you're going to be really upset because you're going to start thinking people you didn't think were pretty are pretty so maybe you better get on board and uh you know have fun at pride would you like to be part of this podcast you can go to anchor.fm slash donna dash bar and you can leave me a voice message with your story 
that can become part of this podcast. If you would rather have me read it, send a PDF or PDFA, double spaced, larger type to donabar01 at gmail.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash donabar. And finally, if you would like to know anything about what I've done in my life that has to do with my work, conventions, etc., go to donabar.com. Hope to see you there. I will also put all this information in the program notes. Hey, spooky!